In this session of the Creative Studio Academy, we're going to be talking about some ways that we can be able to improve the content that you're creating. Specifically, we're going to look at five different ways that we can be able to make the content we create even better on our websites. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. Hello, and welcome back to Creative Studio Academy. I'm definitely excited today to be able to talk a little bit more about blogging and creating content for your website. And so as we dive further into blogging, we're going to look specifically at the content itself today. Utilizing some of the ideas from the previous session where we talked with Ilya about search engine optimization, we're going to take some of those concepts and apply it into what we can actually do with our websites with the con with the uh, creating the content itself. And so there's several key areas that we need to look at regarding our content. And so now we need to keep in mind that SEO covers both the front end, in other words, the visual part of the website, but then also the back end of the website, whatever happens on the server end of it. But today we're just going to look at the front end as far as the content itself, the words that you are using and how you use the words and how they look. And so some of these things may be familiar, uh, that some things that you may have heard before, but definitely some things that we need to keep in mind. And so first of all, you need a powerful headline. And so this is one area that I need to work on improving. And so I'm not the greatest when it comes to um, coming up with great headlines, and so, but there are definitely some good resources for this. Copyblogger has some really good resources with creating magnetic headlines. And I have a link for that in the show notes, which you can get at creativestudio.academy slash two dash three. And so uh, they, they have a lot of great stuff there for free to be able to work on that. And I plan on going through those to be able to try to improve my own headlines. And so the headlines would be the title of the post. And so since we're talking about blogging, it'd be the title of the post that we're looking at. If you're doing a search, if you're looking at an RSS reader or anything like that, the first thing that you're going to see is going to be the title. And so that's going to be the headline. And so, and of course, um, if there's a picture that's related to it, you might catch the picture before you see the headline, but still the headline is that doorway into the post. And so a lot of times people will look at that headline and that will be the deciding factor for them, whether they will continue on to read that post or not. And so you want to be able to have that headline that will grab their attention and get them to click on it so that they can then read the rest of the post or scroll on down to read the rest of the post. And so you definitely want it to uh, make it appealing, but you don't want to, obviously you don't want to lie or stretch the truth. You want to make sure that it's as truthful 
um, as you can as well, but you want it to be uh, very accurate. And so you need a headline. Number two, you need an intriguing opening. And so if the headline can be compared to the door of a house, the first sentence in the paragraph that opening would be the entrance that would be welcome you to go into the house further. And so I don't know about you, but I've gone to some houses where I would step into the door and that entryway was horrendous. And so it was cluttered. It was just full of all kind of junk and it just didn't seem very welcoming to be able to come into the house. On the flip side, I've been to other houses to where you walk in and it's nice, it's neat, it's clean. Um, uh, I've even been to a couple houses where it was a large house and it was even majestic and it just made you want to keep walking in. And so my wife and I, back uh, three and a half years ago, we went through the process of buying a house. Through this process, we looked through hundreds, if not thousands of houses online and we actually walked through um, the realtor took us inside probably 50 or 60 houses um, in a couple weeks time. And so we went in and uh, we were able to experience. And so there were several houses to where we stepped in the door and that's about as far as we got because it did not invite us in to the rest. And that's what the opening in your blog uh, post needs to be. You need to uh, have it where it's enticing for someone to really be able to see what it's all about so that they will come in and they will read the rest of your post. And so this takes place in just the first few words. And so um, one of the uh, well-known bloggers, Jeff Goins, um, I, I followed him for a while um, and uh, got some of his, uh, read several of his things regarding blogging um, throughout the years. And so uh, one of the things that he suggests is that you should start with a quote, a question, or a bold, audacious statement. You want something, um, like the headline, you want to grab their attention. You want to be able to give them something um, that uh, has some substance, uh, but you want it to lead to more. And so you want them to uh, keep reading to be able to do that. And so if you start with a quote, it could be something that's a, a motivational type quote or uh, something that would intrigue the person to, uh, that they would want to know more. Or you ask a question, well, the natural tendency then is that they want to keep reading because then you're going to answer that question or help them understand the question. And then also a bold, audacious statement, um, something that is uh, just crazy or outlandish, uh, but still ties into uh, what you're looking at. And again, it can kind of get their attention. Another thing that you can be able to do in this opening is have a short, relevant story to be able to draw the reader's attention and be able to create a desire for them to keep reading. And so a lot of times when someone uh, starts reading a story, uh, they just want to continue reading it. Uh, there's even been movies and TV shows that I've watched to where I, the, I didn't really like it too much, but just because I got started with the story, there was a part of me that wanted to keep watching it just so I can see what happened. And so stories can do that with people. It gets people's attention. And so you need something right there at the beginning to be able to get their attention, to get them reading further down. Number three, you need headings and subheadings. Now this is different than the headline. And so uh, there, there's a lot of uh, different things that involve the word head. And so there's uh, there's heading and subheads and headline and all kinds of different things. But um, 
but those are important things to be able to have throughout your post. And so the the headings and the subheadings are things that you find throughout the post, things that stand out, things that are uh, that normally they are a larger font than the regular text, and normally they're bold. They stand out a little bit more. Uh, sometimes they might be centered. And so these are things that you want to have that can uh, really help kind of uh, summarize and be able to um, visually kind of break up the text. And so there is a study that was done by the Nielsen Norman group. Um, it's a little older of a study. It was back in 1997. Uh, but back then they said that 79% of the web users scan content rather than read it. And so I think that um, even though that was uh, 17 years ago, um, I, I think that it is even more relevant today. And so I think that is uh, something that is still very relevant is that most people, I mean, our society is just uh, focused on getting things quickly, trying to find things as fast as you can. Um, everyone's in a hurry to do everything that do, um, they do. And so, uh, I mean... People go through the line at McDonald's and they get upset if they have to wait more than 30 seconds to be able to get their food. Um, it's insane uh, how quickly we want to get things. And so when we're surfing online, people are wanting to find the answers that they're looking for quickly. They go in and they do a Google search. They type in a question or some uh, some kind of search term and they're trying to find something. And if they don't find something quickly on a particular website, they'll hit the back button and they'll go to the next one. And so we want people to be able to continue on. So we want to make it easy for them. Having the headings and the subheadings make it easy for be able to be able, uh, to, be able to scan through your post. And as they scan through the post, hopefully, if you do it correctly, they will be able to get an idea of what your post is about. They should be able to get the main ideas, get the main concepts that you're trying to get across. And hopefully then that grabs their attention a little bit more. Again, we're trying to grab their attention through each of these steps. And so you they'll see that, hey, okay, this is what I'm looking for. And then they'll go back to the beginning and then they'll actually read the content instead of just scanning it. And so this is what you want to try to do. And so the headings and the subheadings really make these major points to be able to stand out. And so you want to be able to uh, do that and make it easier. Another thing, number four, you need shorter sentences and paragraphs. Longer sentences make it more difficult to read. I know, I know. You go back to your English classes, you were taught to write with a variety of sentence structures. You would have your simple sentences, you'd have complex sentences, compound sentences. You need to have a variety of these things to be able to make a great piece of writing whenever you do your reports and things like that. Well, online, it doesn't work that well. And so things are a little bit different. And so I've had to kind of change the way I write a little bit. And so over the last four or five years, I can tell that my writing style has changed a little bit because of the way things are on are online. And so prior to that, I didn't worry too much about what was online. And I would um, have all these big, long, complex uh, sentences and things like that. But the problem is, 
that, again, we go back to the fact that people's attention spans are so much shorter and people are trying to scan. They're trying to get through things quickly. When you had those complex sentences, it makes it more difficult to be able to read it quickly and understand what's being said. When you have complex sentences, you have different pieces of the sentence that are working together and you have to slow down sometimes to be able to see how the different parts work together to be able to get the full meaning of what's being brought across. And so you want to try to keep it short, keep it simple. And so sometimes even when you are writing a blog post, uh, it, you can have just a single sentence as a paragraph. And so that's something that also can be able to help it to be able to stand out. And so one thing you always want to remember when it comes to websites is that you don't want to crowd everything in. This is kind of a uh, side tangent here, but it's something that's relevant to what we're talking about as well. And so you don't want to cram everything together. You don't, there's, there's been uh, people that I've talked to in uh, their website design that uh, they were looking at it and they're just wanted to try to get as many options on the screen as possible. They want to try to cram as many things into a little space and it, it doesn't work that well online. And so it makes it look cluttered. It makes it look uh, complex. And the more complexity there is, the less chance there is for someone to really engage with what you're trying to do. And so you want to simplify it. And a good rule of thumb is to be able to leave some white space. Now, we're talking about things online, so there might be different color background. But whatever the color of the background is, it's still white space. It doesn't have to be the color white, but that's just the, the general term. But anyway, so white space is good. You want to remember that. And so you need shorter sentences and paragraphs as you go through. And so the sentences you want simple paragraphs, you don't need to be going on and on and on in your paragraphs and have an entire page that's taking up of one paragraph. You want to have paragraphs that are two, three, four sentences. You don't want to be extreme in how long those paragraphs are because you want to make it easy to be able to read. And when sentences are broken up and paragraphs are smaller, it's easy for people to be able to read through quickly and still be able to um, move through the page. Number five, you need to emphasize your text. Well, don't emphasize all of your text. And so if you take your entire post and make the entire thing bold, you're not emphasizing anything. You're just making it look like you're yelling at someone. Same thing. Don't capitalize everything. That is a um, an online um, texting kind of 101 basic thing is that you should not do that. There are some people that do that. That's like the only way they do it is they use all caps um, in the online world. All caps is signal for yelling. And so we don't want to yell at the people that are reading our stuff, or at least generally speaking, we're not wanting to yell at them, but we don't want, we, we don't want to emphasize everything. There's just certain things. We need to find the key things that need to be emphasized. And then we can emphasize those. How can we do that? Well, there's several different ways we can use bold. Um, so we can get a word or a sentence and we can put it in bold print we can also use italics. And so that's the, if you're not familiar, italics is when the words are slanted just slightly. And so it kind of makes it stand out just a little bit from it. And so a lot of times that'll uh, be used for addresses or quotes or anything like that. 
another thing you could be able to do if you're trying to emphasize that something used to be and it's something different or there's a change or something like that, you can use strike through. So there's a couple instances where you might use that. Um, another thing you could be able to do to emphasize your test uh, text is by using lists. And so there's uh, two main kind of lists that you can use. There's numbered lists where you have one, two, three, four, five, um, or even A, B, C, D. And so those are numbered lists. And then there's also um, un- unlist, unnumbered lists or bullet points. And so where you just have a, a bullet point there, whether it's a circle or a square or a check mark or uh, whatever, there's different types that you can be able to use. And so those are good ways to be able to, um, if you have just a short list, a couple things that you like to uh, bring out, things that are related, but uh, not but not the same exactly. But uh, anyway, you can use those lists and that, and you, when you put it in those lists, it kind of makes it stand out a little bit more because it indents it. It brings that uh, number or that bullet point in and uh, makes it easier for people to be able to see how those things can relate to each other. Uh, something you don't want to do is underline. And so using underline is not a good method because it can look like a link. And so, um, now, nowadays, there's uh, some people that they don't use underlining with their links, um, but that is a general standard throughout um, the Internet is that when you see something that's underlined, I mean, a lot of uh, the default for links is for the it to be blue and underlined. And so you don't want to underline your text because someone might think it's a link and then they'll go to try to click on it and then it's obviously not going to work and um, that may cause some frustration possibly. And so, but even still it can cause just that little bit of confusion. Um, and you don't want to do that to your readers. You want to, uh, again, make it as simple as possible. Um, and I already mentioned this too, is that you can put a word or a single sentence on its own line and that could help bring emphasis too. And so just because of having the white space around it can help bring that emphasis to it. And so, There's some other considerations, too, that we're going to be getting into. But before I mention those, the five things that we covered is that you need a powerful headline. Number two, you need an intriguing opening. Number three, you need headings and subheadings. Number four, you need shorter sentences and paragraphs. And number five, you need to emphasize your text. And so these other considerations that we're going to be covering over the next several weeks um, and months and so forth as we dive into these blogging things. Now, some of these things I will cover on the podcast, some things I will cover in blog posts, some things I may cover in the newsletter. And so, but these are some things that we're going to look at a little bit more. And I may even try to bring uh, some people in and kind of get some uh, interviews with some of these things as well, just to kind of get some different perspective. And uh, so some of the things that we're going to look at is post length. And so when you're writing a blog post, how short or how long should it be? And so there's a lot of debate that goes on over that. Um, then also calls the action, uh, call to action. And so uh, you want to have a call to action whenever you have a blog post, you have a podcast episode, whatever it is, you there's something that you want someone to do. And so it's good to be able to make whatever that call to action is clear. And so um, you might think it's clear by what you're writing, uh, but it may not always be. And so... Uh, you, you should always have one central focus. That's another thing that um, we'll look at um, is is having a focus in your 
blog post, try to limit that um, to one thing, ideally, um, but you may be able to have two or three um, things that are in there. But you want to have basically one main thing that you want the reader to do, and that should be your call to action. The rest of the post should prepare people to be able to make that call to action, should point to that call to action, or maybe give reasons why that call to action is needed. And so that's what you should be trying to do as you're doing these blog posts. Uh, Some other things that we're going to look at regarding blogging is uh, how we can include images and video, and then also links. What are some ways that we can be able to use links within our blog post? And so both to other parts of our site and to outside sites. And then also we're going to look at some things about uh, guest posting. And so I've done uh, a little bit of that. And so I've guest posted on some other people's blogs. And I've also had some other people guest post on my sites. Um, And then also something else I want to look into is republishing. And so you've uh, published a blog post before and uh, you'd like to share it again. And so what are some ways that we can be able to do that? And so along with that is maybe repurposing. So maybe you wrote a blog post uh, or a series of blog posts and you'd like to turn that into an ebook or something else. Um, and so looking at some different things that we could be able to do with republishing things that we've already done. And so I have an interest in doing that kind of thing. So I, I'm going to look into how I can be able to utilize that and then also share with you how you can be able to do that. And so, of course, as always, I am looking for your input in this. And so if you have anything that you would like to add, um, any questions that you may have, you can be able to call. And that number is 405-771-0567. And so I would love to be able to get uh, your voice literally on this podcast. And so... You can be able to give that a call and that'll give me a voice message that I can be able to include. And um, if you leave your number, I could even call you back um, and we could be able to have uh, a conversation on kind of get your thoughts even more on what we're doing. And so I definitely want to get your input on that. And so you can go to the website again for the show notes. You can go to creativestudio.academy slash two dash three. And so we could be able to uh, get the contact that way. And so there'll be links on the website there, or you can leave it in the comment section. And so there's also links there to where you can be able to subscribe and you can leave a review. That would definitely be something uh, that would be very helpful. I haven't mentioned that in several episodes and um, leaving a review in iTunes. You can go to creative studio.academy slash iTunes and be able to leave a review there. And that is something that can be able to help other people be able to find this podcast because it will make this podcast show up more in the search results there in iTunes and people can be able to find that even better. And so I would definitely appreciate that for myself as well, be able to see the show, be able to reach more people. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up and we are going to be looking at some more things regarding blogging and our websites as we dive in even further. So as we wrap up, I hope that you have a great day and a great week, and we will see you next session. Mm